Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 47, Episode 16 of SNL with host Gerard Carmichael and musical guest Gunna. I'm Catherine Coleman, and I am joined this week by Steve Finn and Toronto-based writer Brian Crosby. If you'd like to connect with Brian, you can do so at briancrosby.net. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion. If you'd like to watch our full-length ad-free sketch by Sketch Review, you can find it exclusively at patreon.com slash snlpodcast. It's our supporters that make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. Welcome back, everyone. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk SNL. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've been watching the news, but I don't know, apparently one guy slapped another guy, and then half this episode's going to be about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to break that down. But uh, for Steve, uh, you brought a friend with you today. Who's I this do. guy? Thank you for noticing. You know me. I'm always trying to sneak people uh, past the door guy. And uh, this is my... My latest guest, uh, Brian and I go way back. Uh, he's one of the reasons that uh, I miss living in Toronto, which is where we connected. We used to be in a band together. Oh. And, uh, you know, Zoom has to, you know, add a tackle hug feature because seeing Brian today, that's just what I do, what I want to do, because I love the guy. He's, he's a close personal friend of mine. Brian, I love you. I love you welcome, too, Steve. Welcome to the show. I virtually tackle uh, yeah. hug you also. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, let's I get to know Brian. Uh, we should get to know him a bit, little bit. Brian, are you ready to bare your soul to the whole world? Yes. Yeah. The I've, billions and billions of people listening right now. I, I've been meditating. I've been readying my uh, nervous system for your intense questions. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, we go ways back and we know each other from like play music together, but you are, you know, pretty much uh, a, an icon when it comes to Canadian sketch <laughs> comedy. You've, you've worked nice. uh, on some very large comedy institutions. Uh, yeah, it's a big list. I believe you've brought that list of accomplishments with you. Did you not? Uh, I, I, icon is certainly a bit much, uh, but thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was, a, um, I was just explaining, you know, before we started recording, my career has been a little circuitous, uh, but certainly really interesting. I, when I was younger, I really liked jokes and, and politics. And I started my career uh, as a sketch comedian primarily and worked on a number of uh, television programs that dealt with political comedy and humor. Um, and then a couple of years ago, did the Al Franken and uh, uh, bailed on comedy and, and now work in government. And maybe I'll get back to writing uh, uh, in the near future. I don't know. But uh, Specifically, yeah, I wrote on uh, several seasons of the Royal Canadian Air Force, which was uh, sort of, if I may say, a little bit aggrandizing, but sort of Canada's Saturday Night Live. Um, very long run, long running Canadian political sketch comedy show that was a radio show and then a TV show for probably 30 years. Um, I, I didn't write on the 30 years of it, uh, but uh, uh, on the tail end of that. And I also wrote several episodes of This Hour is 22 Minutes, which is our other institutional uh, Canadian political sketch comedy show. Uh, I also wrote on uh, for a couple of years as a contributing writer on the irrelevant show, which is a sort of uh, 
non sequitur, absurdist uh, uh, radio uh, sketch comedy show. So all, all of my experiences in sketch writing, um, and particularly in sort of a political sketch comedy. <laughs> wow. See, Brian is just the kind of guy that pisses you off because he's so talented. And, you know, instead of God just divvying it up, he gave a big whopping dollop of talent to Brian. Uh, but you know, he puts out, puts out so much amazing stuff. It's great. Uh, Brian, I know you're not, you know, a every episode SNL watcher. I know you are a fan. Uh, so can you tell me how SNL played a role in, in your, your, your need to do comedy? I know you've worked under the tutelage of Robin Duke, uh, before. So yeah. How does SNL factor in? Um, I've always really liked it as an institution. Like I know you, we have guests on the show and you ask them like what their era was and I'm, I'm hopefully not preempting it. Um, I just think it's such a fascinating bit of pop culture. Like every era has its value. Every era says something about the zeitgeist and what comedy is at that time. Even the areas that might not be your, your favorite eras, I think have something value in them to say. Uh, and I think that's what I really liked about it. It, w- it wasn't so much that uh, like my era was the era. And I think for me, it'd be the mid nineties. It'd be sort of the, the Will Ferrell era um, was the one that I grew up on. But like, I don't consider that like the best one. I think they're all really interesting in their own way. I really like the last decade or so. I feel like now we're sort of, there's an, I don't know where we're going. We're in a transition, you know, we're out of the, uh, out of the Will Forte uh Kristen Wiig era like that's we're beyond that now but that was a great era too uh so how familiar are you with uh, the current cast and this era pretty familiar uh I think it doesn't resonate for me as much as some of the others that I've mentioned I feel like it's it's still finding it's in that SNL it goes to those ebbs and flows right uh like it, it sort of discovers an identity and then it needs to find itself a little bit and then it does and I to me I feel like it's in that now like it's it's trying to figure out exactly what it is a little bit. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's not doing good work at all. It just means that maybe it's, uh, its tone is a little bit less definable under certain casts than, than it is others. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I don't disagree with that. And uh, I think it's an interesting time to watch for its own reasons mm-hmm. in, these, uh, in these kind of peaks versus the, or the valleys versus the peaks. So, yeah, I think you're on the money there. Well, there's a lot of opportunity in it. You know, if you want to think about mm-hmm. it, like, uh, I don't know, this is a weird analogy, but like investing, you know, you, uh, you, you buy, you buy low and you sell high. And when it's low, those are where the opportunities are, right? Like that's when there's opportunities for the cast to define themselves. When the show is already defined and you're coming into the show where there's already like heavy hitters on it, like that's tough to do. But if you're, uh, you know, if you were coming into the cast new where like, you're in that rebuilding phase. That's a great opportunity for, for the comedy to uh, find its new voice. So I don't, I don't see them as necessarily like one's better or worse than the other. It's just, they're different kinds of different kinds of animals. Yep. I love yep. that way of looking at it. Yeah. That's the way to look at it. I think, uh, Catherine, do, do you have anything to add while we're getting to know Brian? No, I, I, I feel satisfied. I, I now believe you that, that Brian knows what he's talking about. I think, <laughs> I, I think he's going to give us some good insight. I'm, I'm just excited to hear what he has to say about the show. Yes, he's earned his wristband, I think, to get in the venue. He's earned the so, wristband. Yes. <laughs> let's move on. All right. Well, let's get into it. Gerard is not going to talk about the slap, and you can't make him. Steve, was this a win? It was a win, yeah. Uh, 
it was a successful introduction of myself to Gerard Carmichael, not only his comedy, but the pronouncing of his first name. Thank you, Daryl, for saving my butt right. for coming here and calling him Jared. Uh, yeah, uh, I slept on this guy and I, I got to sheepishly admit that. Uh, I feel like this is a comedian I would actually really enjoy if I, if I gave him a shot. I, I really appreciated the, the way that he played it completely to the audience in front of him. Like, you know, when you watch monologue after monologue with, you know, movie stars and musicians, they don't take their eyes off of that, uh, that, that cue card, which essentially makes them looking into the camera. Right. And to have him just make eye contact with the, the audience the whole time mm-hmm. felt very, it was strange because it was removed from me, but it, it still made it feel more intimate. I feel the connection he had with the people there. And uh, yeah, it kind of made me feel like I was in the audience a little bit. Like a real stand-up. Uh, yeah. I was a little bit confused because, you know, I really liked the, the premise of the monologue. There's just, when he came out and said, I'm not going to talk about it. The thing is, he just had kind of a big news thing drop about himself. And I, I kind of thought he was talking about himself coming out. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought I'm not going to talk about it was. So, I mean, if that wasn't the big headline from, from the release of his special, I probably would have got the joke as intended. Cause yes, we were all talking about the Will Smith slap, but you know, it was still funny. It was still uh, a really great way of addressing it. And yeah, aside from, from all that, you know, I was just, getting to know Gerard and, and his, uh, his style, his delivery. And I just love it. It's, it's very calm, you know, very, uh, it feels like it's off the cuff, but you can also tell that it's very well rehearsed. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just love that natural vibe he has. This was fabulous. Um, it was so funny. He showed such ownership of the stage. Like you were saying, Steve, like, I mean, he felt like, it felt like watching him at a at his little comedy club downtown. Like it, it was felt intimate. It felt like he, he, he wasn't uh, overwhelmed with like the gravitas of like studio eight H. It was just a stage for him. Um, and it got me excited. You know, I wasn't overly familiar with him, but I, I was like, Oh, I like this guy. Uh, but what I thought was so smart in the moment where I was first watching it was that this was going to be the take on the slap. Uh, obviously they, they uh, later go on to, to beat that horse, but, as he was going and I was watching it live, I thought, wow, they know they have to address it. They can't get by with not mentioning it. Uh, but it was a week ago. So I love that the way they're going to talk about it is in a way that acknowledges that it's old news and like we can put them. It's out of the way. We have some funny content on it. We can put it behind us and move on with the show. Um, that didn't happen, but I thought <laughs> in the moment it was really smart that that was what they were going to do. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, aside from the rest of the show, if I'm looking at just the monologue, I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so great. And uh, I love the Obama joke. So it was a really, really big win for me. Uh, Brian, where'd you land? Yeah, I really liked it. Like this is the, this is the zeitgeist moment that like the first, the first segment often is, but wasn't. This is the mm-hmm. moment for them to address something. And like, what an interesting moment. I thought his take on it was perfect for the moment. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's talking about like breaking it down day by day. And I think everyone had a, a similarish experience of feeling like, oh my God, what just happened? And then being bored of it and then uh, consumed by it all over again. And so to get to the end of the week and the premise be like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, like I've been riding this roller coaster for several days and I don't want to talk about it 
but obviously still talking about it. Uh, right. You know, made it palatable. And you know what I was thinking? I'm going to throw this at you. When he was doing it, or after the um, I watched, I was thinking this could be a Chris Rock bit. I could hear this. It's like refined, maybe a little bit in his voice. Like I could see him walking out onto a stage or in a special, and the first thing being like, "I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk <laughs> about it." And then, but insisting, like he would come in and out, like he would get aggressive. He'd be like, "I'll say this one thing. I'm going to say. I'll just say this one thing about you know about." And he would say his bit, but I'm not going to talk about it. But I won't. But don't get me. I, I promised I wouldn't do it. But let me just add this one more. You know, I could see him doing uh, like a, like an in and out like that uh, in his mm-hmm. voice, in Chris Rock's voice. Um, anyway, in that sense, I like I thought it was a great response. Like that's how I would, would imagine Chris Rock would do it, and uh, and, and he did it, did a great job. Awesome! So high marks on the monologue. Let's keep going. This doll has pubes, which are actually just an anchor point, which you would know if you were a doll maker. Steve, what do you think? This was a, a wow moment for the show. One of those sketches where you're like, okay, uh, you know, this must have been a back and forth with standards and practices, but <laughs> sounds like they won a few uh, battles on that, on that war field. Makes you wonder like what they compromised over and like what the, right. the raw filtered version of this would look like. But man, I was, I was really surprised at what they were able to get permission to do basically uh yep it, it made me uncomfortable <laughs> which it meant to do so you know <laughs> i guess i have to congratulate them for that uh and yeah it was a great sketch for this host you know gerard mm-hmm. really brought an uh, a good vibe to this and uh jeez uh mikey and, and cecily we're just nailing that persona. Oh, and so damn, you know, before they even got to the premise, like I was just enjoying their banter and, and, you know, God can't get enough of Cecily, uh, just hamming it up. Yeah. My Mikey, one of my notes says like Mikey's accent's great. You know, I know I'm from the South originally. I know so many men that talk exactly like that. Uh, <laughs> and just really spot on nailing that character. Uh, Brian, do you uh, agree with Steve's take on this? Uh, lots of things I liked about it. I uh, weirdly think my favorite joke is the joke about the, the what are the scream noises off the top and at the end <laughs> squealing. Yeah. yeah, the squeal squeal deal squeal oh, deal. Damn. Yeah, um, it has nothing to do with the sketch at all, but uh, that was pretty funny. I was surprised that that wasn't the rest of the sketch. <laughs> that, was my, that was my expectation. Like, oh, it's going to be like sound effects that don't don't work in the context, um, and it wasn't. Uh, I think it's a challenging bit to do. I think for me, it falls into the category of like physical comedy bits that you really have to love at its first iteration, uh, which would include everything from uh, like puke sketches, which I don't know if we do anymore. But, you know, when somebody's got the, the tube up their sleeve and they put it to their mouth and they puke like eight times over the course of the sketch or even the bit that they did uh, a couple of weeks ago where it was like a kid's show. And there was like a kid looking for something in a, in a, uh, uh, it was like a, a, a pool of, I don't know, water, like potato, mashed potatoes or something. Oh, you yeah. Remember yeah, that yeah. one where the mm-hmm. whole bit is just like, let's watch somebody flail around in a weird pool of goop. Like I would put all this into the same category of, we're going to show you something. It's going to be weird looking and you better really like it. 
on the first iteration because <laughs> we're going to do it eight more times. Um, so yeah, I think those are always really tough to do, and and not that they can't they can't be good in that way. Like you can, I definitely watch versions of this sketch where I think like this whatever you're doing right now is really stupid, but the fact that you're continuing to do it makes it even better. You know, like you're just going to double down on mm-hmm. it with that confidence. Uh, in this case, they sort of like tried to hit the middle of the road. Like, oh, we're going to try and mix it up. We're going to try and find different ways of making uh, you uncomfortable watching this. I think this is a particular kind of thing for a particular kind of person. Like, you have to enjoy that sort of like cringe comedy style mm-hmm. of, of, uh, like, if you got to be like, uh, to your point, Steve, like, you have to be watching it thinking, like, how did this get past sensors? And yeah. then, like enjoying that, uh, that mind experiment while you watch it. <laughs> uh, well, well uh may- maybe this is a comment on who i am but i, I loved it <laughs> once it got going yeah i loved it because like like you sort of started to allude to there brian you're like oh i thought it would i thought this was going to be the game with the squealing and then it wasn't uh i think we had a really good reveal with like and and that was awesome. I love like I love where it went. I love the second outfit didn't cover it up. I like Mikey saying he said the doll went to college. Like there's there's a lot to <laughs> like here for me. I just wish there wasn't so much setup. Mm. Uh, I mean there there's the intro with the squealing. There's the Jesus lunchbox. There's a lengthy explanation of the doll. Uh, and then it has pubes, uh, which is the point of the sketch. Um, like that. It, if I put that on a script, I feel like it'd be on page three, um, which is very, very late in sketch yeah. comedy. Because um, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, like hip Christian lunchboxes. That's funny. Oh, oh, we're done with that. Okay, a doll. The doll's not funny. This is actually just a really good idea for a product. <laughs> What's the funny thing? What's the funny thing? Oh, she has pubes. Um, there's just like, there's a whole third of the sketch where I'm trying to figure out what we're laughing at. What's this thing going to be? Um, World and building. I just I just can't help to think like if we took those two minutes and we put them at the end, could there have been a male version of the doll? Could we have finally got the pubes out? And then she has like a weirdly like realistic vagina. Like I realized standards might've said no. Like I, I realized there's more to it than just my off the top of my head brainstorming. But like, I just like, I don't know. I feel like there was more that we could have gotten with the game of the sketch. Had we trimmed that, had they, we, I don't work there. Had they trimmed up that, uh, first little bit so i don't know it's like it ultimately paid off and i really liked it but i have some complaints you know <laughs> fair uh, yeah so yeah so so uh kind of kind of mixed reviews but i think we're we're there was something to like about it from all of us let's move on to this seat filler at the oscars he was really excited to meet will smith uh brian what'd you make of this i thought they could have done either more with it or less with it. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, Steve, you might have said this off the top of, I can't remember which one of us said it, but somebody that we were talking at the beginning was saying, like, you know, we thought that they would cover this in a particular way and uh, they, ch- they chose for Gerard to be the entry point for this. And then, oh no, Catherine, you said they were beating it like a dead horse throughout the episode. <laughs> and then the weekend update, which we will get to, I thought was great. So in contrast, I looking at the whole episode, I sort of feel like, I don't know why you needed this. Like mm-hmm. you had Gerard do a great monologue off the top. And I thought weekend handle it great in the middle. I'm not sure what this is adding and it's not a great sketch. So like maybe you don't need it, but if somebody felt really strongly about it, I would have said like, it needs to do more of what it's doing. 
It felt like mm-hmm. it's a sketch that's almost like too short. Like beat me over the head with the premise. Like uh, <laughs> it's it's almost like too that's real. A complaint like, that I don't know that everyone's ever said about. I think think it might have been too real like all of they were really trying to stick to the actual moments that occurred like all the moments that their characters responding to were beats that really happened in real life and Mm -hmm. I wondered if that limited them a little bit like let's take this into the absurd like let's like you the cameras are not on Will Smith the whole time not everyone has the same image of that five or ten minutes just looking at Will Smith a lot of that moment afterward is looking at Chris Rock and hearing him respond to it so there's moments in there where I think they could have built a new little universe and even weirder stuff happened that we didn't get to see. And in this version, it felt like it, I don't know, it sort of walked the line maybe a little bit too finely of trying to be realistic about it. Um, but I, I like the idea. I almost want it to be like more weird, like more absurd. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great point because towards the end, I was thinking like, okay, well, he's referencing the acceptance speech, but he's still in the audience. Now he's doing the getting jiggy with it dance, but that happened at the after party. So it's like they were just trying to like shoehorn all these little things into this one moment. And yeah, I have just really mixed feelings on it because like I said about the monologue, I thought it was going to be so smart to let that be it. Uh, and then I, so I was a little disappointed as soon as I saw like the Oscar stage on the opening. I was like, oh, okay. But then at some point I said, okay, fine. This is funny. <laughs> like I, I did enjoy it once, you know, once. Once Chris got up and then sat back down and then was just talking and was like, hold on, keep my wife's name. Like, that was funny. That was a fun take on it. Uh, and I think yeah. this is a it's a good angle to have. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think we needed a whole sketch on it, even though it is a fun angle to explore. I don't know. It's, it's like we had four uh, slap segments. Let's cut two of them. Which one are the weakest two? You know, um, so, yeah, Steve, what do you think? Well. I found it interesting. You know, it, it is set in that moment, uh, the moment that started this whole thing. Uh, but I feel like the story is really about how people are responding to, to it and, and how it makes them feel about Will Smith right now. Because mm-hmm. this is what we're all talking about. It's like, hey, Will Smith seems really unhinged, <laughs> you know, right. and that's really what they were exploring. And they did it in kind of like a Star Wars Rogue One way where they... <laughs> took the gaps of a story and then found a new story in those untold parts. Cause a lot of people were thinking, you know, how, why was Will Smith laughing up until the point where they cut away from him? And then, you know, next thing we know he's up on stage slapping Chris rock, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> people are wondering what happened in between. And I like the idea that everything that happened in between is more stuff to suggest that Will f- just needs to take a break. Uh, and just like work on himself because <laughs> there seems to be something going on there. And uh, yeah, uh, just the fact that, you know, they tried to play it off, like nothing happened and, and the lack of consequences for him, you know, uh, just, just pumping up the distractions the entire time, uh, I think was really what they were going for. You know, the getting jiggy with it, everything's normal. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a different angle. Uh, but it, it's interesting, you know, like it's, it's one of the biggest spectacles of the year and this whole sketch takes place looking away from it. Uh, <laughs> right. I think that's, I think that's really what it revolves around as an idea. Uh, it's a yeah. creative angle to take for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's maybe not- it's one of the ones we would cut if we wanted to 
<laughs> chop down the Will Smith, Chris Rock content. But I still found myself enjoying it. Yeah, I would. Uh, Catherine, I would be happy to take your direction and uh, cut this one. Um, I think it, it's covering ground that other segments are covering better. And mm-hmm. I think the sketch might even still be struggling for a premise. Like, you know, if you were pitching it to me as, it's like, well, what were they doing when the camera, what was Will Smith doing when the camera wasn't on him? I'd be like, okay, what, what happens then? Like, that's mm-hmm. not the premise. So what is the premise? It's like, oh, well, he, uh, he's, a, he's an even weirder guy than you think he is. Like, I don't know. I think everybody thinks he's a pretty weird guy. So what, what's, what are the weird things that happen? It's like, well, he talks to these seed fillers and uh, he gets ideas from them for the, the speech he's about to give later. Like, this sounds like three different bits at this point. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, I 100% understand what the bit is. Everyone's performing the heck out of it, though. Like, if I you can look for some silver linings in it. And I love Chris Red to death. So, like, I would happily watch him do even a bit that I, I wasn't a super fan of. Yeah. And, you know, and to be fair, there's, you know, there's four main segments about the slap. And sort of what you were saying at the top, Steve, about the Trump impression. In a way, maybe they are just casting a wide net. And, you know, I would say most people probably watch SNL maybe in segments on YouTube or as it gets shared on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So maybe they're just hoping one of these is going to stick, you know, because everyone was looking for their commentary. So like, Mm. let's just give them a bunch and see which one everyone likes the most. (laughs) Um, You know, there, there could be an argument that like, well, obviously they want the full show to be cohesive and be great. That maybe they are producing things more thinking of them more individually as, as YouTube uploads, you know? Yeah. And then there, I mean, there's also sort of the thing about because I'll get frustrated sometimes. Like I'll write a thing, and then a director says like, "Well, that part, it's not. It's maybe not the most on game." I'm like, "Okay, but was it funny? Did you laugh?" <laughs> and I'm, I would never actually say that, but I think that. And like to some extent, like did I laugh throughout this? Sure, um, <laughs> but did I love it? No. So like, it's always funny to me that it is easy to critique something, but if you get down to the base of it, of like. Well, did it make you laugh? That's mm. really the main goal. And you're like, well, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So that's, that's just me being too nice to a bunch of professional writers. Uh- <laughs> if you want to see our full sketch-by-sketch review, search for SNL After Party on Patreon or Subscribestar.com. Woo! We ready to talk about these overall thoughts? <laughs> Let's do it. My thoughts are Let's hardly overall. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, up first, we have moment of the night. Brian, what would you give it to? I think I'm going to give it to uh, Gerard just for that that first moment in the monologue where, or that first beat of his monologue where he's saying, like, you know, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Um, I thought it was, pardon, I thought it was such a strategically smart way to get into it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think there's a version of this monologue or this whole show that like just turns people off because they're, they're, they're mostly over it. Um, mm-hmm. I think in that moment, like I was really pulled into it. Um, I was interested in, in how he was framing this. And I mm-hmm. was really interested in what the next few minutes were going to be like. Uh, and there wasn't another moment in the show like that for me. So I, I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I think the monologue was some of the strongest material. And my moment of the night is also going to come from the monologue uh, where he says, uh, Obama joined me over on camera too. Um, and then has that little callback to the nation needs to heal. Uh, that, that little beat was, was really good. Um, I, I loved it. I thought it was so funny and so unique. 
Um, Steve, what's your moment? Oh, I'm trying to remember what the exact word was, but it was Ego's lovely turn of phrase, uh, Vajazafro. Was that it? Vajafro? Vajafro. Vajafro. Yeah, uh, that one just... That one just caught me. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I couldn't even tell you why it made me laugh. I guess it's, uh, you know, it's just, just the tension I was feeling. Like it, like I was really holding in a lot, just trying to make sense of what I was watching on on live television. And then they just threw in Vajafro at me, and mm-hmm. it broke me. I was broke, and it took a while <laughs> to recover. Yeah, that, that's not a word I ever expected to hear. Um, but I'm glad I did. Glad I did. Uh, let's talk about our best sketch, though. Brian, what's your best sketch? Well, I think I said earlier, I'm trying not to be a Debbie Downer about the, the episode. There's lots of good ingredients in it. I think it struggled to put forth like a, 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 a thing that worked 100% through and through. Um, so I might have to, as a tie, put up the what's wrong with your brain, which I, I don't know that any of us like really hailed as a, like a great piece of art, but... Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I think all around, you know, like, like pluses to minuses. I thought I did a good job and touched on something that I haven't seen like a lot of people comment on in that way. So I appreciated the intent. Um, I thought a lot of, I had thought I had some laughs and my thing, my, the, the laugh line for me that stuck with me through the night was that mushrooms line. So, uh, I, I'll give it to the, for that. But as a tie, I might give it to Cecily for the defining, how to define a woman bit. Um, I just love her stuff. I just think it's so great. It's really difficult to make that challenging content seem fun and safe. And it really is fun. Like, it's really fun to watch her in character try to define what this thing is. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I really like that one, too. So I'll I'll give them both. I'll allow it. (laughs) A tie. Sometimes I make people choose, but I think that's fair. I feel like you had a a first place and a runner-up. So Uh, I... um... I'm going to, I was torn. I thought the monologue was the strongest piece of the night, but can I really give the monologue best sketch? I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, it's not best monologue. Especially since it is. That's true. That's true. But like, especially like it wasn't a particularly like sketchy monologue. It was basically a stand up monologue. You know, sometimes they feel a little bit more like a sketch, like uh, a few weeks ago with Zoe Kravitz. But so since I don't think, I'm not going to allow myself to give it to that. I think I'm going to go with short ass movie. I think that was uh, the other strongest piece. Uh, it gave me the most to enjoy. It feels, uh, it feels pretty shareable. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really liked that piece. And that was, that was maybe like the one sketch that I was like, Oh yeah, start to finish. I like this. Um, so yeah, Steve, what's yours? I'm going with that shopping channel sketch. Uh, I feel like Jaffer. it made me laugh with words. It made me laugh with images. Um, the characters, the idea of it. Uh, I just thought it was very well-rounded in how I responded to it because yes, it made me laugh for a number of reasons. Uh, but some of the best laughter is when other emotions creep in with it. <laughs> when you're laughing, but you're uncomfortable when you're, you know, when you're disturbed to a certain degree, uh, I guess it's the kind of thing that thrill seekers look for when they, going to haunted houses and, and roller coasters. It's just like, I, I need to feel anxiety with my humor. And uh, I feel like this had it in space. And yeah, it it was all that. And it was also a good, good showcase for the hosts. And uh, I loved watching Gerard ham it up 
And this is where he actually felt like he blended in as, as a cast member. So I think, I think the sketch, while it made me laugh and all that, it just it showcased a lot of strengths that the show had overall. So I think it deserves it for that. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it was it was a very solid sketch. Um, I liked that one too. Let's talk about MVP, Brian. Who is it? It's got to be Gerard for the monologue. I think um, I love when a, a stand-up hosts the show. Uh, you're talking about monologues that are sometimes sketches, uh, which happens often. I really love a stand-up that can come out on their own with personality and deliver a chunk of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was great. He was just so personable and friendly, and uh, I just felt like like immediately like I wasn't familiar with his work either, so I'm learning about him uh, now, having seen the episode. But immediately when he came out, I thought like it just felt watchable. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when he's, you know, the, that moment I've already given moment of the night, the first minute of him talking, felt like this is really smart. So uh, I'm going to give it to him for that, and I look forward to seeing more of him do other things. Yeah, I um, I had a hard time picking MVP this time. Um, I think I, I thought about giving it to Heidi because uh, she was just in a lot of stuff and doing a lot of work and a lot of stuff and giving some really good performances. But I think I think you're right. I think it's Gerard. Uh, that, like I said, I think the monologue was the strongest piece of the night. And I thought he, he brought some stuff to the show. I saw something online that maybe the, the baby onesie thing was actually inspired by a piece from his special. Um, so, uh, you know, he was someone that had a good energy, uh, brought a really solid monologue. And I would, I was excited for him while I wasn't necessarily as excited for all of the sketches and stuff. So I think, uh, Gerard is the MVP feels right. Steve, where are you going to land? Mr. Carmichael, I think, deserves it. And, uh, yeah, this guy won me over so much that, you know, when Weekend Update ended and they got back the sketches, I remember thinking, oh, I missed this guy while (laughs) while they were doing Weekend Update. I'm glad he's back in the mix and sketches. And this is somebody that I basically had just become familiar with as a performer watching the same show and I'm already being like, Oh, I missed you during weekend update. <laughs> so yeah, to say that this guy won me over in the short time we spent together watching SNL, uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. First time host unanimous MVP. Wow. Yeah. What a win. All right. Well, let's talk about this big one on a scale of classic, great, decent week or train wreck. Brian, how would you rate this episode? Uh, I thought I was weak. Um, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, I, when I, you have me on, I bring the weak ones, I guess. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, you know, I think that's what that means when you say, you know, I had a lot of good ingredients. That's, mm-hmm. that's weak and more words. Um, some good jokes in it, though. Again, like the Gerard's opener was great. You know, his line about healing the nation, can't even heal his own family, <clears throat> stuck with me. A mushroom joke, which is not as good a joke as I keep on harping about, but I laughed <laughs> at it. Um, yeah, enjoyed short ass movie for like how much effort they put into it. Um, Weekend update was good for me. There's some good bits in it. Like, there's lots of bits that I liked along the way, but I think every piece sort of failed to find its feet in a really confident way. So it's sort of too many misses. That's fair. That's fair. I um I dabbled with week. Uh, I don't think I've ever given a week. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's on the fence for me. Um, I think there are enough, 
know, there's there's enough to like about it that I think it makes its way to decent for me because uh, you're right. There's a lot of premises that just didn't deliver. There were great premises, but they didn't deliver on them. Um, and then there, but then there, and then there's some stuff like uh, the doll where I was like, there's just too much setup, but I loved it once it got to it. Um, but there were there were some really good things. Like the monologue was so good. I think we had a really good first time host. I think there were enough premises that delivered enough that I still kind of liked the sketch overall. So I'm I'm going to give it a decent, but it, it is it's barely a decent for me on this one. Uh, Steve, which, where are you going? Yeah, decent sounds good, but a week is very understandable uh, from like a comedy writer's perspective. You would probably point to a lot of things and say, okay, you should know better as a professional than to try to get away with this. And yeah, there is definitely some, uh, some, uh, you know, we need to finish this kind of vibe uh, going through a lot of these sketches, but like, just, you know, if I just turn my brain off uh, and just enjoy what I'm presented, you know, there was plenty to laugh at. Did it organically like earn those, those beats? Uh, Probably not. Uh, So yeah, it's a tough one because yeah, it, 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 it made me laugh on a on a very superficial level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm I'm tuning in to SNL to laugh, so I will give it a decent. But yeah, it it definitely missed out on any chance of being great or a classic for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, definitely not a highlight of the season, but I'm I'm glad we maybe found some things to talk about. And Brian, thank you so much. I I loved hearing your commentary. I think you you had some really uh unique things to offer the conversation so thank you for being here oh thank you for having me it was delightful and i would love to do it again yeah i'll actually be sending brian as my proxy from now on and he will be joining you instead of me starting now right brian like we like we discussed i'm gonna support you as a friend and nod (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's a wrap Thanks to Brian Crosby and Steve Finn. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Grace Kogan, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow. Your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back in one week when SNL returns with host evil scarf-stealing Jake Gyllenhaal and musical guest Camila Cabello. But until then, this has been episode number 157 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Catherine Coleman. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. (laughs) 